Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. So during this quarantine, I've had the opportunity to dive into different books. And one of the books that has really stirred me, of course, beyond the Bible, is this book called God's Generals. As I've been reading about different revivals that have hit the the revival of Wales, Azusa Street, and all these different movements of God that have happened all around the world. And here's here's what I've noticed as I've read these books is that God has taken these ordinary people and done extraordinary things. But here's what I've noticed is that these people who have been used by God, they had a singular focus. Like they lived, they breathed, they ate, everything that they did existed with Jesus in mind. And I think that, that this is what God is trying to do. As he's waking us up, we talked about how we feel that this season, there's a shaking happening, right? And when we say yes, we say, God, let whatever needs to be shaken, be shaken. But I believe that once the shaking ends, right? I, I believe we're towards the end of this and we're stepping into what God has. I believe that what, what is going to be left over is a pure, unadulterated Jesus people. A people that would be captivated with him and only him. That would be willing to give up. It wouldn't be, their jobs wouldn't matter. Their their positions wouldn't matter. Their titles wouldn't matter. But they would truly be captivated by being everything that God wanted them to be. And so I've read, you know, reading about the revival in Wales, and we've talked about this, man, Evan Roberts, and how a whole country was shaken by the power of God. Here's what I know. In the midst of this pandemic, it's worldwide. It's like the whole world you, you know, the whole world has taken a halt and they, ha- they have the attention of the people. And, and in the midst of this, like I said, I hear God's voice calling us. And I believe that this calling, it starts, this is the question, right? How do we step into a true revival lifestyle? Because listen, listen, when we talk about revival, people have lots of different opinions. Oh, revival's this, revival's that. And they think, well, revival's healing and revival is prosperity or revival, listen, Revival in this next season is going to start in the hearts of the people. That's why I want to say to you that we don't need to wait till we gather for revival or for something to spark out. If you would fully give yourself to him, he would birth revival in your heart because the spirit is always carried by people. It is always carried by people. So so here's what I hear. There's an invitation for you right now to carry his presence and to step into a revival lifestyle. And so what does it take? You know, I, I was reading Joel 2. And there's this amazing promise at the end of Joel 2 where it says that God, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh and there will be dreams and there will be, it's an amazing scripture, dreams and visions. And it said the whole earth will be covered by his presence and he'll, he'll draw them, he'll draw people. But, but before that happens, one of the things the Lord speaks to is this, there is a call to repentance in Joel 2. Joel 2.12, there is a call to repentance. And I know some of us, man, we, we hear the word repentance and we're like, Wah! like, don't talk to me about repentance. That's disgusting because we've been hit with this, with this, like, this rod where we feel like repentance is a cuss word. But I want to say to you, man, that this is a beautiful time for us to turn away. That's what repentance means. It's to turn away, to turn away from those things that would, that would distract us. And I, and I, I got to be honest, I don't know about you, but me, it's very easy for me to become distracted. And so one of the beautiful things that has come from this time is God putting his finger on that. Why do you always have to occupy your time, Gio? Why can't you just sit? Why can't you just be still and know that I am God, as the scriptures say? And I feel that right now, this this call to repentance, maybe you are struggling with some sin issues. I want to tell you there is freedom from that. We talked about it last week, Romans 6. He died to free you from sin. 
But one of the things I feel he's liberating us from as a people is that we would be a people that would not be distracted by the things of the world. Listen, it's easy for us to get caught up in little things and for us to be caught up in this and be caught up in that and miss the beauty of the moment of what God is doing in front of us now. And so we've seen God do amazing, man. I'll never forget when we were at a service one time and we were, we, there was tons of people being ministered to and God had highlighted this woman and she walks up and we didn't notice, but this woman was a witch doctor. We were in Mexico. She was a witch doctor and she was just cold, man, but something drew her, right? The presence of God drew her forward and it was amazing to see, but you can see that she was hard on the outside. And we were preaching this message on the love of the Father, how God loves his people, and he wants the, we talked about the prodigal son and all of these things. And as we saw her come forward, all of these things came to mind. God, how are you going to touch her? God, what are you going to do? Because we felt that there was a call to repentance. So this woman comes forward and her eyes are white because she can't really see. She's blind. You can tell there's blindness in her eyes. And I remember my wife praying for her and us coming around her. And I, and I remember... My wife simply giving her a hug, right? She just hugs her and she held her. And in that moment, because revival says you got to shit, you got to pray, they got to fall, they got to roll, but no, in this moment, love crashed into this woman. And by the time my wife let go of her, her eyes had color again. And this is what I feel God is doing. As we repent and we turn away from all the distractions, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's the anxiety of the financial crisis. Maybe it's knowing when you're going to go back to your job or not. I don't know, but here's what I know, that God is wooing us. He's calling us to turn away, to repent, turn away from the things that are distracting us and to fix our eyes on him, to look up and to fix our eyes on him and to not be caught up. And so Paul tells us in Hebrews, to, to Hebrews 12 to strip off every weight, every sin and every weight that so easily entangles us and to run this race with endurance. And here's what I know. Christianity, this faith walk, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. We're in it for the long run. And, and I've been doing this long enough now. I want to say to you, I've been doing this long enough to know that everybody, anybody can start, but few finish. And so as we turn away and as we repent and as we say yes to him, it's not about saying no to this. It's about saying yes to this, right? It's not about no drugs, no this, no. It's about saying fully yes to God in radical abandonment to him and being captivated by his goodness. And so we started with this question. What does it take to walk in a revival lifestyle, to live a lifestyle of revival where your heart is captivated by him? The first thing is this, we have to say yes to repentance and turning away. We have to allow our hearts to be open to him and say, like David, search my heart, O God, and renew in me a loyal spirit that we can serve you with everything that we have, God, because that's what we're after. So all of this, man, in Joel 2, I love this. It starts with a call to repentance. It's like a trumpet sound to turn away and to fix our eyes on him, the author and the finisher of our faith. So I want to ask you in this moment, man, if you were to be honest with yourself, this is going to take some vulnerability, right? Because we're all on this live stream. We're hiding behind screens. But I just want to ask you, man, what is God asking you to strip off? What weight? What is stopping you? What do you need to turn away from? And I think if we could be honest in this moment in the comments and we can just share a few things, man, God is asking me to turn away from this or from that and to fix my eyes on him. We can partner together and we can see God do amazing things because here's what I know. God is faithful. 
as we turn away from those things that have been so captivating us, what we find as we look up is we find him because we serve a God who wants to be found. So bless you as we enter into worship. Why don't you share with us some things that we, you know and I know we all need to strip off as we enter into what God has for us. You're worthy of every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Cause holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show. song we could ever sing you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you the only one you could ever save. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for
So the second thing I want to talk to you about in, in what it looks like to live a lifestyle of revival is this. First, we turn away from our sins, right? First thing is repentance. But the next thing we have to do, I believe, is we have to position ourselves to receive. We have, we have to position ourselves to receive everything that God has for us. And I know this is awkward because we kind of live in a culture now where we kind of expect things to be done for us. You just, this kind of like entitlement, and, I, and I'm not sure that it has anything to do with this generation or that generation. I think it's just the natural state of where we live. But in the midst of all that, I feel God is saying to us, will you position yourself? Will you fully surrender yourself to receive everything that I have for you. And in this context, I'm reminded of Matthew 13, where Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and he goes into this parable about a farmer, and I want to read this to you. Matthew 13, it says this. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted up quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun since they didn't have deep roots. They died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up, but they were choked out. The tender plant. Still other seeds, listen to this, still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. So Jesus, he goes into this parable and he's talking about a scattering of seeds. And then he describes to the disciples the meaning of the parable, how, how the word goes out and the word, it lands on all kinds of different soils. And here's what's interesting about the parable, right? They call it the parable of the sower, but, but, but for me, it's really the parable of the soil because it was the same sower. It was the same seed. The only difference that was involved in the story was the soil. And again, back to the positioning, I feel it's important for us to check ourselves, man, and to ask ourselves, are we willing to receive, are we positioned to receive what God is pouring out? Are we positioned to walk in the fullness of everything he's calling us into? Man, I'm reminded of the story of, the story of Zacchaeus where Jesus is walking into a town and it describes him as a short man. And Jesus is walking into the town and he gets this thing in his heart where he's like, man, I have to see Jesus. And I feel this is a prophetic picture for us, man. And for Zacchaeus, he could have just had this mindset, right? Well, Jesus... If you want to see me, then you seek me out. But no, he didn't. The Bible says that he climbs up on a tree and he positions himself. And as Jesus is walking by, what happens? Jesus recognizes him. You, you, more stories, the story of, of, of the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8 as Jesus is walking by. And she recognizes, if only I could touch him, then I will be fully healed. What, what happens? She pushes through the crowd. And as she pushes through the crowd, she touches him and she receives healing. What happened? She positioned herself to receive. And so as we step into revival, I want to say this to you. This is not a time to be passive. This is a time for us to be aggressive in our faith and for us to pursue, to pursue everything that God has for us. To position ourselves, that means eliminating, maybe, maybe eliminating old structures and building new ones, but allowing God to prune us. Oh, yes, allowing God to prune us, to prune us of these things and, and positioning our hearts, positioning our hearts. I'm reminded of the blind man who, as Jesus walked by, he begins to shout out, son of David, have mercy on me. What, what, what are we seeing in this picture? We're seeing a desperation, a desperation 
for Jesus. And positioning ourselves to receive is this. It's asking God, it's, it's becoming desperate for Him. And positioning ourselves to receive everything that He has for us. Jesus says this in John 5.19. He says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He only, you hear that? I want you to say that. He only does what He sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does also. So I want to ask you today, man, what if we lived in this kind of submission? You, maybe this, you're getting your life back together. You're trying to figure out this Christianity thing. Christianity is simple. Look at Jesus and ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, meaning he lived in complete surrender and submission to the Father. And I feel this is the invitation for us today, that we would live our lives in such a way that we would ask ourselves, what would Jesus do in this moment? How can I surrender more? How can I position myself, God? I'm not just going to wait for you to come. I'm going to move. I'm reminded of Smith Wigglesworth. I was reading about him this week. And they came up to him and they say, well, every time he had a service, the Spirit of God would move. So they came up to him and they interviewed him and said, Smith Wigglesworth, what do you do if the Spirit doesn't move? And he remained silent. He said, this is simple. If the Spirit doesn't move, I move the Spirit. And they were kind of taken back to, because in the, hearing that, it sounds arrogant. It sounds prideful. But, but here's what, what I know after reading the story and what they found. He knew how to move the heart of God. There was no arrogance. There was no pride in the statement. He knew that as he ministered to him and he came into his throne room in faith, that God was attracted to that. What did he do? He positioned himself to receive. So I want to ask you today. I want to ask you, what do you need to do to position yourself? What changes do you need to make? Maybe one or two things tangibly that you can do this starting this week to position yourself to step into everything that God has for you. Take me.
nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else. Oh! 
So we talked about repentance, we talked about positioning ourselves, and the last thing I want to talk to you tonight is about resolve. I feel that, that the final component, and, and there's probably many components to revival, there's no way we can encapsulate all of that into, into one service, but, but the final thing I feel God is challenging us with tonight is this, to have resolve. To have resolve means this, it's, it's to make a firm commitment or decision it means to say yes to something and to, and to follow through with that yes no matter what happens. And I know we live, you know, in a day where it's kind of easy to give up. As I said earlier, many people start but few finish. But I, but I feel the Holy Spirit giving us a supernatural resolve. The ability to say yes and to follow through. The ability to have faith and to trust Him through the process. And man, I don't know about you, but one of the things that has taught me the most resolve in my life has been working out. Like, I don't know about you, but when I start to go on a fitness journey, you know, we're all quarantined now. So when we get off this quarantine, it's going to be like New Year's. Everybody's going to try to lose that 20 pounds from the Oreos and ice cream. But, but it's interesting, right? Because when we first go back to the gym or wherever you go, one of the first things that happens is you, you start working out and about three days in, you start to look at yourself to, to see if you have a six pack yet, right? right? Or, 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 if, or if there's been any changes. And it's funny because as, as we walk with God, the same things happen, right? We, we begin to read our Bibles, begin to pray, we begin to fast, we, we begin to change our circles, we begin to look and immediately expect change. But here's what I know as we walk with God and go from glory to glory, it is a process, not a project. Meaning God, he, he wants us to have resolve, remember, to run the race with endurance. And so as he speaks to us and as he calls us away from things and he posi we position ourselves, here's what I know. It's going to take resolve, meaning some grit, some determination for you to step in. And I know, I want to say this to you, I know you can do this. Listen, God is empowering us. He's calling us. If we've learned anything from this quarantine, if, if anything happens, here's what I feel. It's, it's been sobering. It's been this, this waking up like a trumpet call to realize that, that things can change so fast. So it's time for us to, to position, to gird ourselves, to, to move forward in Christ. And I feel, I just want to say this, I want to bless you. You are amazing. And you have the capability to do. I know, it, I know it's easy for us to read this book and you read about Moses and Abraham and David and to say, wow, they were just amazing. I don't know if I could ever do anything like that, but I just want to say to you that you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit inside of you is powerful. And he can accomplish much more than you could ever imagine if we were to just partner with him. And so it's funny, right? Because I just think to myself, what it would be like if, if some of the Bible, the Bible calls them patriarchs, some of the heroes of faith would have given up, right? Could you imagine if God speaks to Moses, Moses, go free my people. And Moses takes the journey to Egypt and then he goes to Pharaoh and he says, God said, let my people go. You read the story and Pharaoh's like, nah, bro, it's not going to happen. What if Moses would have been like, well, guess I missed it. That's <laughs> not what happened, right? Could you imagine if like, if like all throughout the story, 
that, that, that God has spoken to people and, and they, they're, you know, Joseph, God gives Joseph a dream. You're going to be, you're going to be somebody important. He has all of these dreams and the very next moment he finds himself in a pit. What would have happened with these people if they would have given up on that God dream? Here's what I'm trying to say. What would have happened if they wouldn't have had resolve, right? If they wouldn't have had follow through, if they wouldn't have had the ability to hold on to that promise and say, no, 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 God, you spoke it to me, so I know it's going to come to pass. And I just want to say to you, man, some of us, we've been sitting on some God dreams. Man, I just want to stop there for a moment. I want you to think, some of us, we've been in services. We've been alone with God in our, in our closets, in our secret place where God has spoken to us. And I want to remind you that word is alive. Nothing has died. I want to remind you what God said to us in the beginning of this pandemic. That the kingdom of God has not taken one step back. And so I want, I feel this prophetically, right? Meaning I feel like God is saying this right now to us. That he's about to blow his wind on our dreams. And that we need to have the resolve, the commitment and the determination to hold on to that dream and say, no, 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 God, you said. Because here's what I know. God is faithful. He is faithful to the end and he will finish what he started. It's more than just a good song. It's truth. And so I hear him today calling us and saying, will you have the resolve to finish the race well? I know this, man. If you're a part of this tribe, if you're a part of Abide, I know that he is giving us the grace. He's giving us the grace to wrestle. I'm reminded of Jacob, how he had a promise and he wrestled with an angel and he refused to let the angel of the Lord go until the angel of the Lord touched him. I pray this over you today, man. I pray that as you repent, as you turn away from whatever's distracting you, sin or not sin, it doesn't matter, it's time for it to go. And as we position ourselves, we say, God, I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to receive from you, to live in life, in life abundant, to live in, in that, that, that John 10, 10, I'm willing. And as we say, God, no matter what it takes, you hear me? No matter what it takes, God. I'm going to pursue and I'm going to grab a hold of that promise. I believe as we posture our hearts in that way, you're going to see God do amazing things. Some of you right now are like, well, Gio, you don't understand. But my job and my kids and my finances, listen. Hold steadfast and watch God come through. Like literally, Hold steadfast, like, like just position yourself and say to your spirit, God is good. Don't listen to all the voices. Have resolve and say, in this moment, I choose to feed myself on his goodness. I don't know what it's going to take, but maybe it'll take you sitting down and just writing down all the things you're thankful for. God, I'm thankful. And God, I praise you. And God, I thank you. And you begin to feed on his goodness. And here's what I know happens the attack, the enemy begins to lose his hold, his grip on you. And the light of God begins to shine into that space. So here's what I want to pray tonight. I want to pray that no matter where on the process you are, maybe you're here and you need to repent. This is simple, man. You simply just say, God, forgive me and touch my heart and, 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 and go into that place and allow true repentance. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. Because we're not saved unto a prayer, we're saved unto a person. So if you're here today and you have any kind of struggle, just ask God to meet you. Say, God, will you meet me in this place? 
and you will. Maybe you're here and, and your heart feels hard. You say, man, Gio, the parable of, of, of the sower, I felt that, man. When Jesus throws seed in my heart, it's rocky. Ask God to come in and to make that ground soft, to soften your heart. Or maybe you're in the last place, man. You're here and you have these dreams. I want to encourage you to wrestle with that. Wrestle with it and do not let go. They say, I will not let go of this promise until you bless me because I know you said it. And I know if it came from your mouth, God, I know it's true. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you tonight. I want to pray that the promises of God would come alive the same way God blew on the dry bones in Ezekiel 37. I believe he's going to blow into your living room, blow into your spirit, and something's going to come alive. So why don't you just receive right now wherever you're at, man. I know it feels weird over camera, but God is not limited. So I want to pray over you right now. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would come into every living room, every bedroom, every car, God, whether they're watching this live or they catch it later, God, I ask that you would bring true repentance, Lord. Repentance and restoration, the way you did it in Joel 2 repentance, restoration, and that your spirit would come and pour out on all flesh, Lord. Father, I pray that you would give us the grace to position ourselves like the woman with the issue of blood, like Mary who came and sat at your feet, like the blind man who cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy, Lord. Give us a heart to be able to position ourselves. And Lord, I ask for every single person tonight a resolve a determination, a grit. God, I thank you that your word says that we will not grow weary, that you will strengthen us, Lord. So I pray a strength, a grace, and a determination over them to be able to walk and finish the race well. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Oh my gosh, thank you for joining us tonight. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being patient, man. I know this is different. Uh, but, but I just feel that God has used this time to solidify some stuff in our heart. And again, when we come together, it's going to be an amazing celebration of, for all that God has been doing and is going to do. So we love you, bless you, and we hope to see you next week on our live stream. Bye.